You're listening to Football Day with Mike and Jake on Dynasty Sports Empire. What is going on, everybody? And welcome back to a show that is not destroyed with terrible audio. My name's Mike. Jake, sitting right next to me. What's going on, Jake? What's going on, everybody? We got two more guests. We got Calvin and Durfee. Durfee and Calvin. What's going on, fellas? What's going on? Nothing much. Uh, Three days. before, Before we get, yeah, exactly. Before we get anything started tonight, I just want to first... Let you guys know that in three days is the first round of the rookie draft, and all of us, including some more members on the Dynasty Sports Empire website, other podcasters out there, we're all going to get together and basically do a live stream podcast um, during the draft, giving our real-time, basically, reactions to everything that's going on. So definitely look for that Friday morning. I'm going to get that thing um, edited and spit out Thursday night after the draft so it's out there Friday on all platforms for you guys to view. So be on the ready for that, and that's what we're all excited for. I mean. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. I've, I've been uh, all draft the last week or two probably, just get gearing up, trying to predict some trades and everything. I'm, I'm pumped. Yeah, and the first, the first round is going to be at least – Four trades is mine. I'm, I'm going over four. Four, I at think least four I trades. I think it's about five. And then you guys are going over the, what trades? How many How many day one draft trades there's going to be? I think it's five. I'm going over under three and a half. I'm taking the over. Taking the under three. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I will good. do. I'm going to say Well, we'll be four. at Cal's house, so we got beer bet. I got a beer bet on that. Ooh, I'm going to say three and a half. I'm going to say four, so over. Yeah, I got the yeah, under. Yeah, I'm thinking four or five for sure. I'm gonna I'm gonna take the under on three, so I might be drinking a lot that day. But uh, at least uh, my team might maybe the decisions will make more sense when I'm wasted. And at least you're <laughs> at home, so you don't have a very far drive. Very good question. But, who makes the first trade? Who's the first? What Atlanta, 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 Atlanta. That's the consensus. Atlanta, uh, absolutely. They're not. What are they gonna do at four? I think San Fran might shift out of the third spot after gaining and well, giving up so much. Well, right? yeah, so, we're so. talking about San Fran. Didn't he come out today, their other head coach, and say that he's comfortable with five quarterbacks? Yep. yep. So that says to me that you could probably get some value and just fall back a few picks thinking, and just take one. I'm thinking so, Philly. So you three are Atlanta. I will, I think Atlanta. I will make a beer bet and say not Atlanta. Oh well, yeah, I'm thinking it's Philly. The first Moving trade? Up. Yep. They're going to move back up. up. What if it was yep. Philly and Atlanta making the trade? Then that means well, double. Well, then beers. we both win. Yeah, <laughs> Atlanta means, goes. That means, and... That's a social. Right. <laughs> All right. Before we get into that, let's just. I just want to quick. You guys check out those the UFC on Saturday. That was probably the best card I've seen in a very, very long time. That was full of surprises and injuries and holy cow. Uh, yeah, I mean, I liked it quite a bit. I. I I was a little disappointed with one of the decisions that really made me like I threw off my vibe for watching the whole thing. But what's that? uh, It was one of the prelim fights where I wish I had the names. I wasn't quite quite savvy on it, but uh, I thought that one of the one of the guys clearly won, and it went to the scorecard. Oh yeah, I know you're talking about. Yeah, that was like the third or fourth fight in. Yeah, yeah, and I only watched like half of it. We were all 
Yeah, yeah we, we were, were very confused because that was the one where in the third round the dude was getting choked out half the time. Yeah. He was getting grounded, yeah. pounded, and then dude, somehow that, no, still he, lost. He had no business losing that fight. That like, there's no way the, yeah. the judges should have scored it that way. Until like, that that Anderson Silva injury, Chris Weidman with Chris, Chris Weidman. Weidman, Chris Weidman yeah, broke Hall his leg. Fight. That was nasty. And dude, did you guys watch it in slow mo? Uh, yes, I have like. I, I I recorded it. Yeah, same. <laughs> I didn't record it. I, I watched it. It was that was pretty gruesome. Uh, and then the fight before with with Crute, same thing. But he got his knee kicked. Yeah, he he got that was bad a nerve, case of wasn't drop it? leg. Yeah, and then like oh, it was like, it was nasty. And then the, the medical staff called that fight. Just the crazy the right thing spot. is, is he almost he almost got to fight in the second round. Yeah. He if made, he didn't make that one stumble when he back like when he stood when he stepped back, he probably would have been able to get one more round in. Yep. But he stumbled and his leg was done, which sucks. The the other crazy part about those injuries, you realize who broke Anderson Silva's leg? It was Chris Weidman. Yeah, let's say yeah, same guy. That was the irony of this, and like just the storyline. You heard it after the fight too, uh, when who was Weidman's opponent again? I'm Jeremiah Hall. Hall, yeah, when Hall. Gave a great speech after this. And I yeah, he did. I thought it was good. I was like, yeah, that's, that's pretty spot on. And then the storyline that goes into these guys was gnarly. Yeah. For Weidman he to basically said like against once... Hall in this fight was crazy. Yeah. Yep. And he basically said, whenever you're healthy and ready, let's go again. Because that wasn't that wasn't a fight. That was... An interesting take on it, though. Conor McGregor said um, he had to have had micro-fractures in his leg already. Because... The kick got enough meat. Uriah Hall didn't block it completely to where he should have broke his leg. That Yeah, he's got a point there. But we're not going to talk about him calling out Usman for a fight. Well, let's talk about that part. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dude, Jorge Jesus. got knocked the fuck out. Dude, he got landed <laughs> he after took he was like smirking and smiling. Five seconds later, he's sleeping. That was... And, dude, where I was watching the fight at, like it was all three of us almost simultaneously were like, dude, you better stop playing around because you're gonna get popped. And yeah. then within five seconds of us making that comment live, he just takes a shot that you haven't seen in quite a while. I mean, I Wait. didn't want Usman to win. I was I lost money on that fight. I lost money on the Weidman fight, and I lost so did money Chad on the Johnson. Fight. Ch- Chad Johnson yeah, had fifty thousand dollars on him. <laughs> Ocho Cinco. But you know who who didn't lose money? Snoop Dogg didn't lose money to to Jake Paul. No, let's not talk about Jake Paul because yeah, I think fuck that? Jake Paul. Yeah, did you see that? Dollars, motherfuckers. Did you see that uh, Daniel Cormier got out of his booth in between fights and went and confronted Jake Paul? Yeah, yeah. He said, "What did he say to him?" He said, "I, I can't remember what he said." Do you just hear what he yeah, said? He to him? Basically, told him that like he's gonna he's gonna smack him or whatever. Yeah, he he's keeps talking. Like, and then did you off. see today what he said? Today he he challenged Jake Don't Paul to a me. UFC. He actually ch- challenged him to a UFC fight. He said he's not gonna go. He doesn't want to box because of the limited rules. Well, he said he wants to hurt him, but he's under contract, so that yeah, won't I was happen. Yeah, say that's also because he's under contract. Yeah, to hurt him. Challenge him to a <laughs> UFC fight because Dana White will allow that. Yeah, and he's gonna kill him. <laughs> so Jake Paul says, "Okay," calls him fat again. I'll fight you, this fat little slob, in UFC, dude. Daniel Cormier is gonna destroy him, and I hope that happens. <laughs> anyway, enough with the. UFC. I want a quick touch base on baseball over the weekend. Just, I, I don't know, Kyle. You're not too big into baseball, but we had probably the greatest series that we've seen in a very long time this early in the season with the Dodgers and the Padres. 
Oh my God, Fernando Tatis. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Tatis and uh, Trevor no Bauer. No, Fernando no, Tatis. that was Mad Bum. The seven inning. I heard about hitter. that one. The yeah, let's not talk about my Braves. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they're doing good right now. They're up four nothing against the Cubs in the first inning. Um, but anyway, I think we could be up for nothing on the Cubs in the first inning. True. True. Did you guys see, uh, Trevor Bauer when, uh, he gave that home run to Tatis the first time Tatis was running first base and he, he closed oh, yeah. his eyes to the dugout, his own dugout yep. to celebrate or whatever. And then the second, his second at bat, he hit a home run and then he did the Conor McGregor slash Trevor Bauer, like little strut yep. to the dugout. And then what was cool about it was, did you see guys see Trevor Bauer's YouTube video? Yeah, he actually made a YouTube video and he explained what, what he did was good. More people need to do this because it's about the celebrations and you need to feel good if you do something well. Yeah, he but then loved it. He did a play by play of Tatis's um uh celebrations and showed that Tatis when he did when he did the eye, he looked straight to his bench. He didn't stare down Tatis, he didn't stare down Bauer, he didn't stare down the Dodgers bench. He celebrated with his team, which is kind of cool that a, instead of throwing a ball at somebody when they celebrate, like he's like, Yeah, you can do this, this is fine. So hopefully the rest of the MLB takes note of that. And this is this is the new. I was telling a different friend that's really into baseball. This this is new Yankees Red Sox. Yep. Yeah, this is one hundred percent. And then Tatis got the game winning run to seal it too. Like that was just, it's just a great series, great series. But yeah. we spent a lot of time here on this intro. Let's jump right into what matters. We got some breaking news, anybody? Anyone want to rattle off some breaking news in the NFL? Because I've got one if you guys don't. Well, did you hear that? Uh, We'll start with that, Cal. Pop it off. No, no, no. You go first. I have to look up what happened in that trade. Okay. So, Jake, you want to go first? Well, I'll just just say one thing. Did you guys see that the Packers GM said that Rodgers is the quarterback for the foreseeable future? Wait, so they're not going to trade him and get another one? Uh, That's... Still, we we still might see that, but that doesn't change Rogers' future for the next year, right. year and a half. All right, that's a good deal. <laughs> Have you guys also been hearing about the Julio Jones trade rumors? Yes. Yep. So, I have not. Let's hear it. So the the biggest one is he's like there's a there's like a, a rumor going around the Ravens are gonna try to acquire him for a couple second round draft picks and a couple third round draft picks. Um, but basically, like the stuff that you need to know about Julio is. If the Falcons Falcons trade him after June first, they save fifteen million dollars in cap space. But if the cal uh, the but if they trade him before June first, they'd take a twenty three million dollar cap hit. Which oh, June first cuts are a delight. Yeah, that's <laughs> saving money. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So it's gonna be interesting to see what goes around with him, but. That's pretty yeah. much like the big news for me, Cal. Do you have what, what you were going to talk about yet? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Kansas City just made a trade with oh, Baltimore yeah, not that yeah. long ago. Uh, Kansas City has acquired uh, Baltimore's Orlando Brown, uh, who is I, – I think they're getting a star offensive lineman with that. All pro. Uh, he's played yeah, – he's an all-pro um, offensive tackle who has played 100% of the snaps for the Ravens in the last two years. So he's got two full seasons. I think they're really getting a, a plug there. Um, but they did have to give up. Uh, Baltimore is receiving the 2021 first-round pick, 31 overall, uh, 2021 third-round pick, 94th overall, and a 2021 fourth and a 2022 fifth. In return, they they gave up uh, 
the Brown and a 2021 second round pick and a 2022 sixth. So they gave a Brown, a second and a sixth, essentially to pick up uh, a plethora of picks and one of them being a first round. Uh, so I think it's the trade overall, I think benefits both. I think the Ravens though. Oh yeah, it's definitely crazy. a two-sided trade. That yeah, line both. is stacked now. And if you look at the Chiefs, I mean, they don't need absolutely stacked. They don't need any skill positions. No, they need offensive linemen. And what does this do for uh, Ceh? I mean, it might change my early rankings, actually. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe. That's a good point. I mean, we still have him in our top twenty, but we'll bring that to Durfee when it comes to that point. What were you saying, Durf? The second side of that trade, though, is Baltimore is rumored to be bringing in. Pittsburgh's left tackle, uh, Alejandro Villanueva. Oh, yep. Oh, yeah. He visited them the day before they made that trade. Yep. And what the, what I what I saw was the fact they're going to sign him basically right after the draft. Yeah. Okay. And this also means that I think that for Baltimore's draft coming up in three days with two first round picks, uh, late in the first, it opens up the door for them to draft conceivably a large, big bodied receiver that I've been dying for. Uh, Lamar Jackson to pair with because they I think also did say missing. they're going after a wide receiver in the first. Yep, I so. think I might know who it is. Yeah, I'll do There's... it. I think Terrence Marshall might be their guy. Oh boy, I think Maybe. they're looking for a big. I think they're looking for a big body. I I agree. I agree. The one thing I have noticed by listening to a lot of different like scouting reports and just like mock drafts in general that. These undersized receivers are getting blasted and they're getting like they're getting pushed down the draft board pretty far because of their size, which points. I mean, that makes Marshall like a decent call because like today I was listening to specifically, oh wow, the Cubs tied at four to four. Uh they were they were specifically t- calling out Rondale Moore, basically shoving him down the draft board because of his size and how he's not gonna be a stud. He's just gonna be basically like a like a Tavon Austin type. Like he's just gonna be a specialty player. He's not gonna be like an everyday like let's line up in the slot and place just because of his size. So it's going to be interesting to see where these, these, these undersized receivers like Defonte Smith, where they initially go, which I mean, that's why everyone loves Jamar chase, I guess. Well, I, I got one other bit of news, the CJ Mosley news. Mm. Uh, the jets are shopping him for a third and a fifth round pick. I believe. Now, whoever gets C.J. Mosley is going to have to take on a fairly big contract. I believe he's getting right around eleven, twelve million a year. Like he got yeah. a huge contract for a linebacker, but there's a few teams up there like Jacksonville who have a lot of picks. Um, Denver has a lot of picks. They all have those two. Ha- those two teams have cap space. I think they could easily make the move, solidify that defense. Yep, and yep. not really give up anything, you know? Yeah, that's a good point. Now, do you guys want to get into our, our consensus top 20 running backs or what? I do. Does yes, everybody know what we're, what, we're, what we're doing here? What the show is about today? This is basically the rough draft of what's going to happen once the, the rookie draft's done and over with, where we see where these players go. So we're going to start diving into our, our rankings at each and every position. We'll be doing season-long rankings, dynasty rankings. We'll be getting mock drafts, all this stuff done. This is just a – we're just scratching the surface right now just because we want to do – we just want to dig into it. So we have our, our running back rankings out right now before the draft, which will obviously be updated. 
like we just said right now with that CEH. I mean, that talks me into bumping him up a couple spots, but this is our rough copy. Um, so myself, Jake, and Calvin all made our top 20 rankings, and we made a consensus out of it. And then shortly after, Durfee sent his in, so those aren't included in it yet. But we're going to go over Durfee's rankings compared to the consensus and just go over some talking points. So first, I'm just going to go and rattle off our top 20 running backs, and then we'll dig into it and talk talk uh, what made us place these players where. So number one was pretty much everyone, Christian McCaffrey. I mean, that's a no-brainer, and he's going to go first in probably 95% of drafts. And then Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry. Four, we got Zeke, followed by Kamara. At six, we got Aaron Jones. Seven, Saquon Barkley. Eight, Nick Chubb. At number nine, Jonathan Taylor, followed by Austin Eckler at 10. Cam Akers and Antonio Gibson, 11-12. Joe Mixon at 13. Mandatory Montgomery at 14. 15 is Josh Jacobs. 16 is Clyde Edwards-Elaire. 17, DeAndre Swift, 18, James Robinson, 19, Miles Sanders. Rounded off at number 20 with Chris Carson. So where do you guys want to start? I know the the biggest one, I know Kamara was kind of bouncing back and forth between our rankings. Um, I know, Calvin, you had him pretty high. Jake and I had him kind of about 6 and 8. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I was, I had him, uh, I swapped him originally. I had him at four. I swapped him to five. I put Zeke up in front of him. Uh, I, I think the, the things that I'll talk with Kamara is that the unknowns are, are why he's one slid. I wouldn't say slid back, but I, I don't, right. where'd you guys have him at? Like seven, eight. I, I had, had him at, at seven. I had him at, I had him at eight. And I think that I think because it's the fair to assume that we don't know what we're getting with Kamara here in a new quarterback situation, no matter who's at the helm there. Right. Uh, doesn't really clarify, you know, will they, will they utilize them to check down? I think Sean Payton has that in him, right. but I think the fear is that what are you going to use Kamara for? And then uh, Durfee had brought up earlier that, uh, you know, you also have Latavius Murray in town, who's not a bad running back. He's a good RB two for that team. And uh, so we just don't know what to expect. And I think that, that people should temper their expectations for him to be a clear cut top five back. Yeah. And I know, like me personally, like I kind of treat that as like your draft, like the unknown draft is like drafting somebody that's already hurt. Like I'd rather take the for sure thing in like a Aaron Jones or a Zeke because I know what I'm going to get out of them. And when you're drafting that early, like I, let me just get the, the for sure thing and not take a gamble. I'd rather gamble later on in the draft. I'm just locking my pick now and just live with it. Cause and they have the same thing. I mean, both Aaron Jones and Zeke, especially Zeke after he showed they can catch the ball last season. Like they're both going to be fine for PPR. Obviously not as high of the ceiling as Kamara, but I mean, I let me I take mean, them because they're more solidified. He's, he's kind of like that fringe top right. five back. Like he, he could do it, but that's if, if this, if he gets utilized properly and if they can get some scoring opportunities going and Latavius Murray doesn't eat into that package too much. Uh, but Yo, that's, so, that's kind of the scare tactics that I think we have. So I'll I'll be happy to take Kamara top five if we find out Jameis Winston wins the job. Hundred uh, percent. We saw last year Taysom Hill definitely ate into Kamara, and that's why I have him so low. I'm just not sure Jameis Winston's gonna win the job outright. I don't know and that, Jake. That leads me to that. That's also a big reason why I actually didn't have. 
uh, uh, Ravens rookie running back, uh, Dobbins, J.K. Yep, Dobbins. Yep. Uh, that's why he didn't make the top 20 for me is because I'm too worried about Lamar eating into that. So you make a yep. really good point. If the quarterback's going to eat, it's going to eat a good portion of that pie if, if Taysom Hill's that QB. And you can look at the other side of that, the other side of the field and that offense with Michael Thomas, how he's going to be getting ranked this year. We're not doing receiver rankings this week, but I can promise you right now, Michael Thomas is not going nearly where he has been in the past just because of that unknown factor of is it Taysom Hill or is it Jameis Winston? Because I'm telling you right now, if we knew that Jameis Winston was a day one starter, Michael Thomas is right back in there in the back of the first round, early second round pick because he's going to be getting those Mike Evans targets. He's going to be getting the ball forced to him. Yep. But because we don't know, that's what's going to be. He could slide down to the third from what I'm seeing. Right. So that's going to be another topic for another day when we get to the receivers. But that's basically where my thoughts are with Kamara too, is that entire offense in general is just a question mark based on that quarterback situation. Um. Any other running backs you guys want to point out real quick? I know Jake. Uh, the, 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 the next one. So where was Eckler on ours? Eckler got at 10. So I had Eckler at um, 8 on mine. Just behind Kamara. It was tough to choose between the two of them. I love what the Chargers did with their line. I'm loving Eckler. I think he can put up Kamara numbers. Because yep. he's he's a PPR monster. He he showed last year before he got hurt he can run. Um, it's just whether or not um, uh, what's their uh, Herbert. Yeah, well, no, not not the quarterback. The other running back that they had. Oh, Josh oh number Kelly. third. Yeah, Josh, Josh Kelly. Kelly. Yeah, whether or not he's gonna get more run. I mean. Um, I think either way, it's just me all that clear. Oh, he's got he's a top ten no matter what yeah. for me. But I think we have him like in the perfect spot in our consensus. I mean, he's he's kind of like that fringe RB one. Yeah. On your team, like I, I think you make a they improve their offensive line. They might get run into some issues with some game flow, but he is bar none. Like you just put Joshua Kelly's behind him. He's the clear cut best running back that San yep. Diego has. They got a good line. Herbert's good and up and coming. He has some weapons. So I think. Eckler cracking top 10 is very likely, and that's kind of if you're drafting him in that 10th spot, you know, there are ADPs out there that have him back in the not even barely cracking top 15. And and if they're, if they're back, if you come in the second round and I get Austin Eckler, <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I will be smiling and drinking my beer. And yeah, I'll, I, I will definitely get hammered right after that pick. No, it's so <laughs> by no means a stretch. This guy could, could be top five. Now remember, Eckler was crushing it when he was playing after after he got back from injury last year. Like he mm-hmm. was, I think he was like a top five running back when he when he Herbert's, the last half of the was, season. And everyone forgets about the year before where he was a top five, top three back, if I remember right, when Gordon was suspended those first four games. Yep, yep, yep. In a revamped offense, yeah, I I absolutely there's in the top dude, ten. That, I think the steal is is Austin Eckler. That dude is Jack too. Like he is a oh, he yeah. is a horse. Oh yeah, he's a horse. You know a lot about horses, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Hey, I I think I'm gonna have the settle down, boy. I think I'm gonna have the biggest argument with the consensus. Like I have Eckler at nine, I got Kamara at five. I have. We had Kamara at five. Huh? We had Kamara at five. I do. And Eckler's at ten. No, so those are close. Yeah, I'm leading into it with. I got James Robinson over Eckler. Ooh, but I think you know, three days from I, now we're gonna put we're gonna put Robinson back out of the top twenty. Uh, that, that's that's I don't uh, think I'll make so. a water bet with you right now. 
I do, everyone says Jacksonville is taking a running back. I do not think Damn so. right. I think mm-hmm. they'd be foolish to take a running back. I can see where you're coming from, Durf. I don't think that he's going to be better than Eckler, but he's going to he's you could you could make an argument he could be top 10, I think. I know the way I you look know what at he it. was last year. Top 10. Yeah. Huh? Well, depending on the league, in our dynasty league that I'm with Calvin and Mike now, he was fourth. And you know what's crazy about that? So he's between RB4 and RB7. Jacksonville's passing, or I mean, Jacksonville's offense ranked 32nd in scoring, 30th in, or 32nd in rushes attempts as a team, 30th in point margin. They were terrible. They did everything you could to make your running back not be a top 10. And Robinson, I mean, so here I stand. I mean, the thing is, helped there. Yeah, he got, and the he fact got all that the Robinson is the only guy eating there. It's one of the rarest situations, and Jacksonville has a lot of draft capital. I just, I would not be surprised if ETN's there, and they say Trevor Lawrence and ETN paired together out of college yeah. again, and still have like six picks behind it. I like, I like them to grab a running back. I think they'd be foolish not to because in this day and age. How many teams are surviving with one running back that does not get hurt? Right, and that, that's my point I was going to make is because James Robinson proved, and he had some competition along the I way that he right. he was an everyday he's he's an every down running back. He he took all three all three snaps. He was first, yep. second, and third down back. He got everything, and he played the entire season. He was healthy. He was a free agent blessing for people that were able to pick him up, and he proved along the way that he it's his job to lose. So. Yeah, they wouldn't be dumb to give him some because if if anything would happen to him, like you just said, like this would be a situation. What do you do with Trevor then? They have no balance. Right. Everything that you just said makes me think that they're not going to use a high draft pick. It might not be high. Back. I think, but I think in the first oh, round, they take the first three rounds. They have four picks. I just don't think it's the first two rounds. I don't think Etn's there. Well, uh, Etn could be there. I think they need a tight end way more than they. I was like, you don't think they need a tight end or a receiver over they a don't running back? Necessarily I don't need know, a receiver. Honestly, receiver, receiver, they're covered. No, they're they're, look at they're it. They got sad. DJ Chark, they got Chenault, they got Marvin, Marvin Jones. Jones. Right. I think it's tight end. Tight end is where I would not be surprised. I'm just saying, like, if you I think it's going to be top three, if three rounds, three. That's normally where teams get they, they will use that back. I think they're going to look for a specialist though. So James Robinson is still going to have a, a nice role. How big of a role depends on how much draft capital they put on on Thursday. Into well, that I position. Just, because of the volume of that, I just think he's the only, he's the one rare running back I ranked so high, way way higher than you guys. Kind of like I have Montgomery higher because if who, they don't go get Chicago? a running back, he slides up to where he's going to take. He'll be in top ten if they don't. And if go they do go drink. get, if somehow ETN's there, they go take ETN. He might fall out of my top fifteen. Yeah, but I made this as a pre-draft. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Where, you know, so I, what, and Mike would be able to say, "How is Jacksonville's line? Do they? I think they need help on their offensive line." Yeah, that's, that's actually that's, what that's I just where I was gonna uh, go to next. I think yeah, this draft for them is gonna be heavy on defense and offensive line because think about it, you're getting you're getting Lawrence. You want to protect your investment. Yep, just like going heavy. Bengals are all in with Penny Sewell. Yep. The Let's one good thing about Jacksonville though is. They're right in the middle. Decisions. Yeah, that's why Jacksonville's right in the middle on the offensive line. So they're not in a terrible shape, but they could definitely they're real close to one piece away from having a solid offensive line. 
And I see tight end and that before they go get a running back. I like okay. I said, I don't think it's not like I don't think they never take a running back. They have I think they're day three or four running back. Yeah. In my opinion. But all right, let's keep blasting through this thing so we can get to the pumps and dump. We have about probably seven minutes left on this this topic. I know for me, Cal, so did you want to shout out a running back quick or no? Yeah, let's each just pick a guy here, go over him real quick. I know I wanted to talk about Jonathan Taylor because we have him consensus at nine, and that's really bold for a crowded backfield and Marlon Max coming back. What do you guys think about about Jonathan Taylor being just inside the top ten? Oh, he's hard to place. I have him at eleven. I, right, know, he's I, right around that fringe. It's just I don't know. For me, it's tough just because it is. And I like looking at the list of guys. I mean, you know, I I think after post draft and stuff, and getting to our like our our real like late in the fantasy season uh, ADP, I do think like I'll probably if I had to choose between Taylor and Eckler, I tell you, I'm taking Eckler. So I think that means I, I think got I would too. mistakes on this list. Uh, you know and really analyzing that like there's quite a few players i think taylor to me is a risky top 10 running back so i would find it hard for myself to draft him i'm uh, just scared of like what you just pointed out i think it's his, that ppr upside but he's in a different offense now i mean he's got a different quarterback like yeah, who knows PPR, ppr upside it could be his downfall right coming back and they still got naeem hines who they loved on the backfield how, yeah. how much and he's the catching running back <laughs> yep which is, yeah, I don't know. I had uh, Jonathan Taylor ten and Austin Eckler ahead of him. So, yep, you were I like right. I like like right Cal said. Here. I had I, I, I would too. take Eckler over Jonathan. I have Taylor Chubb later. over Taylor. Yeah, so do we. Yeah, yeah, he's yes. at Chubb's at eight for us, and I mean, I love just Cleveland running back. That offensive line for Cleveland's no joke. So let me get anyone that's running behind it. Yep, um, I, our consensus hits it. I, I'm probably I failed us a little bit because I probably moved Taylor up a little bit, having him at eight, and and he probably belongs in that eleven range and and sliding Eckler and and Acres and maybe even Gibson in there. But, speaking of Acres and Gibson, that's a nice little little pairing there. That's that's. Well, it's a tough choice. What do you do between those two? Yep. Uh, me, if it's PPR, that's Gibson all day. Oh, I think Akers has some pass catching ability too. That's where he got shined some some light last year. I'm I'm torn, man. Like I I Gibson two out of three times, and then I would diversify if I have like five leagues going. I'd I just take think chair and Akers. That that Washington's gonna I, like the Rams are a much better team than Washington, where I think Washington's gonna be playing from behind a lot more, and that's where Gibson's got a lot of his. You said it really. His, his check downs, his garbage time. Yeah, but you got, you got Fitz Magic there who's just going to be Durf checking in deep. Yeah. <laughs> See where – now, this is the other part where you guys are probably going to say, what the heck. I have Acres at 19. Jeez. And the reason for that is uh, – two reasons. One, Acres had, in his one year, two separate injuries that caused him to miss massive time. True. When he came in and he got hot, then they did that. Sean McVay is a hot hand kind of coach. If Darrell Henderson's going to come in and he's going to have that hot hand, if Akers goes out and Henderson comes in with the hot hand, McVay's going to do what's best for the team. I think Henderson this year with Brown gone actually makes Henderson have the bigger role in the offense because there's less people for them to go with. 
Is it going to be, you know, they don't have that three-headed, and those are always so difficult to have a three-headed backfield because you really don't know, including the coach. Now it's if Akers gets hurt and Henderson runs well, Akers ain't, Akers will get back, but Akers ain't seeing that. I just, I don't trust Akers' health. Yeah, I see. I don't, I don't trust Henderson's ability, to be honest. I know the last two seasons, like the first, I'd say four or five weeks, Malcolm Brown has came out super hot. Like he, Remember that, like I think the first, like last year, like he got like two two touchdowns. He came out with a three touchdown performance. Yeah, I and then it was like, oh, he's run that. And then like he just dwindled away, and then it was wasn't it Daryl Henderson? He finally like showed signs of him being what he's supposed to be. Yeah, yeah. He... I mean, they all did at points last year. That's why I said they all three had top ten. Fa- if you go look at last year, all three of those running backs had top ten weeks. Yeah. In fact, was... I remember a game. It was one of the Seattle games. I don't remember which one. They started to run well. Akers started to run well. And then Malcolm Brown had two one-yard touchdown runs in that game. And that's, I uh, think I remember all that. The stories, it's, it's hard to depict who's going to have the best <clears throat> fantasy games in the Rams' backfield. Yeah. And that makes it like the potential is there. If the utilization is proper, Cam Akers is a top 10 back. Yeah. But... <clears throat> That's that's the hard thing to predict. That's what's scary about it. I wish we had time to go into Joe Mixon and and Miles yeah. Sanders, Josh Jacobs. Yeah, we're pushing we it. We're at the we jump, so. the pump and dumps right now, boys. Let's get going. It's my favorite part. My beer. So pump and dump. Pump and dump. We got three pump and dumps today, and they're kind of built around uh, the running back topic, uh, specifically with the rookies out there that are coming in at their their the beginning of the season ADPs. Um. There'll be five five players to choose from. We're gonna choose one that we want to pump up and say this is the guy, or we're gonna choose one that doesn't belong here and you need to throw him basically out of your draft pool. Oh, this first one. So the first one is gonna be Gus Bus, Gus Edwards, Najee Harris, Zach Moss, Darrell Henderson, and Travis Etienne. Who wants to start this one off? Cause I'll start off right now. If I, I'm, oh, I'm taking Najee Harris. Are you pumping or are you dumping? I'm pumping, pumping up Najee up. Harris. I'm pumping up Najee Harris because I think if his yeah. his ADP is gonna skyrocket if he lands in the right spot. Um, I think Gus Bus his his uh, I mean he's pretty much straightforward of what he's gonna do in that offensive scheme. And J.K. Dobbins is only gonna start eating away slowly and slowly more into that offense and become the guy. And then we just talk about Daryl Henderson. It's just a crapshoot of what's going to go on with the hot hand over there. And Zach Moss, I just don't have any faith in him because right. he had plenty of chances instead of got injured. Well, I'll, I'll go next. I'm going to be safe. I'm going to pump up Gus Bus. We've seen that the Ravens, Riding for the some train. reason, the Ravens love him. <laughs> I, I don't know why. Because it's Gus Bus. Yeah. I call them. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm just going to, I'm going to, I'm going to ride with Gus Bus. I'm going to pump him up, pump him up. I mean, Najee Harris, He, I, I see Mike's point. Uh, Zach Moss, no. Daryl Henderson, as our consensus points out, he's not the pick. And who knows where ETN's going to go. So I think Gus Bus is a safe pick out of that group. Next, yeah. Cal Durf. Uh, yeah, I'll take the floor here. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and buy. Uh, I'm going to pump up. Travis Etienne, uh, RB2 coming out of college this year. Um, now, this is just a fluke. I mean, it obviously is going to be dependent on landing spot. 
but I think he's going to come in and contribute at a decent level for for a team could turn into a three down back teams like Buffalo. This article I just read is about Buffalo possibly speculating taking an RB. Now I know they already got Zach Moss and they got uh, Devin Singletary, and I I'm not buying and Josh them. Allen <laughs> and Josh Allen. But what I what I will say is that they're both specialist backs and they need a three down back. So like it would make sense. I think with the right fit, Travis Etienne is going to make an impact year one and kind of I'll take a play from what you said, Mike, a, a Dobbins role where it just kind of starts eating into somebody's role, depending on what team he's on, finds the right fit, learns the offense and, you know, hopefully it'll be a good thing. So I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and pump up Travis Etienne. Darrell Henderson, if he gets hot, cool. It'll be for a couple games. It'll make it for an unpredictable That's a DFS play. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, Zach Moss, nothing. Don't want anything to do with it. Najee, I think, is going to be a beast uh, with you. I'm pumping him. Uh, Gus the Bus, see, I, it's safe. I don't think I could pump him. I could like just keep him where he's at. You know, like to, yeah. <laughs> it's a flat line, but uh, safe choice. I'll so, take him around uh, later than he goes. Yeah, Mike, and 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 I'll be the uh, guy that differentiates from everything. I'm going to dump Zach Moss. I just think that's getting too crowded of a backfield, yep. especially now with rumors that they could take a running back even with their first-round pick. I think that'd be a mistake, and if they do, I think it's ETN, which then I don't like ETN as much either. I'm I should, gonna I should up, have taken that as a safe play, to be honest. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to pump up Najee Harris. If he hits the right landing spot behind a good offensive line, I yep. see Derrick Henry and Najee Harris. Look how he runs behind his pads. That is the one thing, watching a lot of Alabama, that yeah. is the one thing I will say. He runs behind his pads like... He's uh, got the resume for it. So did Eddie Lacy. Hey. Hey. Blame the cheeseburgers. Blame <laughs> the cheeseburgers. All right, let's, let's cruise on to the next one. We got tier two. We got Christian Kirk. Curtis Samuel, Marvin Jones, <laughs> Sterling Shepard, and Jamar Chase. Someone go first. That's going to be me. Um, and that's going to be bold. I'm going to say it. I'm going to dump. I'm going to dump Jamar Chase. I I do not think, I do not believe in the hype. And uh, I, I, I think he could be good. But I'm just going to be bold. And you heard it from me, so I'm either going to live or die by this prediction and be forever known by it. But uh, I just – I think there are some – some. I, I looked at the film, and I just think there are other receivers that are going to come out and make more of an impact than Jamar Chase. He's very – if he winds up getting a an amazing landing spot that utilizes him perfectly, uh, I, I – I think he'll be okay, but I do not think he's warranted to be the the wide receiver one getting drafted on Thursday. And then uh, going through the list, I'll go ahead and uh, Christian Kirk. I think you can dump him. He's my dump. Uh, they they two dumps then. You have two dumps. You just you're gonna dump Jamar Chase. Oh yeah, yeah. Way to go. Jeez. Well, that's two. <laughs> we got two dumps. I can dump. We can dump more than one. Um, I will pump up Marvin Jones. I think that Trevor Lawrence and him will you sink stole up. Mind. Hey, you only get to pick one. Yeah, you, you can't pick all of them. Yeah. I know. You didn't say all five. You did. You went off. You guys rattled off all five. I know. All, all right. Oh. Hurry up. All right. I'm done. All I right. pumped. I, I dumped. I'm, uh, <laughs> as weird as it's going to sound, 
Calvin stole both of mine. He said three. I, well, okay. Well, the two. <laughs> Christian Kirk is going to be Christian's Kirk's going to have flashes. Christian's Kirk's going to have flashes with that with them, with especially Malico Fitzgerald there. Curtis Samuel to me isn't a pump, but he's going to be a sleeper. I think Curtis Samuel's a good sleeper pick, especially when AJ Brown or AJ Green finally gets hurt, and then he just is in the number two role. But I think Marvin Jones going into that offense with Urban Meyer and with Trevor Lawrence coming in, and he's going to be the good guy. I think he's going to be a good, solid wide receiver two, fringe wide receiver three. Sterling Shepard, you're just never going to know. Jamar Chase, what scares me most about him is he's so hyped up for a guy that hasn't played in a year. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's uh, obsessed with that body. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So, girl, look I'm, at that body. <laughs> I'm going to – I work out. I'm going to pump Marvin Jones just for pretty much for the exact same reasons Cal said. You got you got um, Trevor Lawrence coming. You got LaVisca Chenault and DJ Shark already there. He doesn't really have to he's I think he's gonna get the second corner second corner on that yeah, team. I'm, so I'm also taking Marvin Jones. I mean he he's Mr. Consistent. He always goes late in drafts. He always stays he's been staying healthy for the last yep. couple of years. And he's gonna be on a bad team where it's gonna be playing from behind. So he's gonna be able to get six six catches a game as a floor, I think. Five, six catches. So uh, I'll I'll pump up some uh, Marvin Jones. Last tier, John Brown. Devonta Smith, Jalen Waddle, Darnell Mooney, and Alan Lizard, the Lazard. Let's not mess this up now. Let's do this last I'll, round correctly. I'll go first. <laughs> I'll go first on this one. Pump. My absolute pump up is Devonte Smith. Not because he won the Heisman either. So you know SEC. Think of all the phenomenal receivers out of the SEC. Okay. So there's been a ton throughout the throughout the career of the SEC, correct? Yes. I'll take your word for it. Uh, Amari God Cooper is. is second on that career SEC receiving touchdowns with 31 ever. Devontae Smith had 46 in his career. Yeah. Smashed it. By 15. Set the, set the 2020 record for most in a season and broke the career by 15. Yeah, that's... I don't care about the... I don't care about the uh, small frame. I don't care about the wiry. I don't care about the weight. You, with all of those, I mean, you think about it. Julio, Calvin Ridley, Amari Cooper, Josh Reynolds. I mean, you could go on and on. Those kind of people have come out of the SEC. And this guy beat that record by 15. Yeah, people call him small, but Isaac Bruce's was pretty small. With two separate quarterbacks. Remember, it's not like he just had Matt Jones thrown to him for four seasons. He had Tua for two. Who was right before Tua? Why can't I think of his name? Um, he had three quarterbacks. He had yeah. whoever was right before Tua. He had Tua. And then he had, uh, oh, uh, Jalen Hurts. Yep. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Duh. Duh. Jalen, Jalen Hurts. He had Tua. So he had three separate quarterbacks and breaks the SEC record by 15. Yeah. There, That's, a no That's a good point. Put back with him. Yeah, he's like basically like, not literally. Let's see what he does. When you have throw out that kind, I think of DeAndre Hopkins. It doesn't matter who's throwing him the ball. I do have him as my wide receiver one. Yeah, I, I do always that. laugh at the comparisons by him in a small frame because you know how many like yeah, Marvin Harrison, Isaac Bruce, like they these that are guys, that guy's small that's frames. That don't matter. My dump is John Brown just because he had yep. one good year in Buffalo and he has any any other good years besides that. Yep. 
Yeah, and I don't trust that uh, Raiders offense really. Well, there's so many. There's so many receivers there. Correct. What if Henry Ruggs decides to play this year? Yeah, Henry Ruggs <laughs> well, is the same player Derek, as John or Brown. Brian Edwards. And don't forget Darren Waller. Don't forget they also got Kenyon Drake. They got Josh yeah. Jacobs. Yep. Um, my pump is actually going to be Darnell Mooney. Oh, oh, I I loved this kid uh, last year. He he balled out towards the end of the year with uh, Trubisky, who, as we all know, is not a very good quarterback. Now. <laughs> He doesn't really have that great of a quarterback in Andy Dalton, but I think he has a better passer in Andy Dalton. And garbage time. And garbage time. I'm looking for Darnell Mooney to have a great year. All right. And for me, to wrap this all up, I'm right with Durf, 100%. I'm all about Devonta Smith. Towards the end or the beginning of these podcasts, when we start talking about our rookie rankings, I was all, he's my favorite prospect. He's going to. Wherever he goes, he's he's going to be a player to keep your eye on for a very long time. So, Devonta Smith for me. So, thank you, everybody, for listening. And please, Calvin, you have yeah. five seconds. I'm going to pump uh, Devonta Smith. He's really good. Wide receiver one. Thank you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Thanks for wasting our time, Cal. Calvin. <laughs> Dude, I Calvin, you just I wasted 20 seconds. Man, that list sucked. <laughs> I can't pump Lazard, and I don't, I'm not dumping my own guy. So, and Brown's a dump, but everybody had taken my guy. So. You know what? You're a dump. We'll see everybody on Thursday for the first round of the rookie draft at Calvin's house. Yes. We have beer and food. We had good times. We're going to have a good show. We're going to have guests. We got draft picks. Plenty of comments. Trades. Three, three and a half. Let's go Over. for under three, guys. Let's keep it boring. Oh. All right, fellas. Till Thursday. Cheers. Bye. Have Bye. a wonderful time. Have a good day. Bye.